Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Studies have shown that happily married women have less blockage in their arteries and that happily married couples are less likely to suffer from heart disease. And when a relationship is healthy and caring, the partners tend to discourage bad habits and encourage good ones, leading to fewer illnesses and more, more attention to health care. I've noticed men are not living very long these days. <laughs> I added, that was real bad. That was, that was bad. Okay, one more. One more, one more, one more. No, two more, actually, two more. Why do you give a man who's got everything? Why do you give a man who's got everything? A woman, she'll tell him how everything works. Oh, I'm not going to do the last one. Y'all tough. I'm scared. I'm, I'm trembling. And we're not doing the last one. You know, unfortunately, the reality of many families is that there's heartbreak and there's pain and there's suffering, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, marriage between a man and a woman is an institution of God designed for the happiness and joy of mankind, instituted by a loving God who desires to give his creation the kingdom of God. Do you hear me? God wants to give you his kingdom. Fear not, little flock. It is my father's good pleasure to give you the things of the kingdom. But relationships can be hard, especially when we refuse to compromise and find common ground. Marriages can fall short and fall apart because we refuse to come together and work as a team toward a common goal. I want to take you to an obscure passage today, and it's found in the Old Testament, the book of Amos. So turn with me to the book of Amos. Go to chapter 3, and some of you may have to go to the front of the Bible where it tells you the list of the books. Amen. I'm on it today. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Listen to this. It's a, it's, it's a question, and it's, it's, it's a powerful question because there's a whole lot of truth in this one verse. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? The message translates it this way. Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? The NIV says, do two people walk together unless they have agreed to do so? One commentator writes, Amos asked the people a rapid series of illuminating questions. The first of which is, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And, and, and the answer he expects is obvious. No. When two people go for a walk, they have to agree to the purpose of their walk and the time and the place that they will meet. Notice that phrase, for without agreeing on the direction. And the Hebrew word that, that explains that, that phrase comes from a word meaning to make an appointment. It means to agree to meet at a certain point. It means to come together at an appointed time. 
Now, this verse has a whole lot of practicality in it. In other words, for two people to walk together, there has to be a point in time where they get on the same page. It's important that families get on the same page. Unfortunately, many of us view marriage as a tug of war. I want my way and the other one wants wants their way. Each partner has their own agenda, their own direction, their own purpose. So they find themselves pulling in opposite directions. And the result is tension, conflict, and different goals. And the, the result is confusion reigns. See, marriage and relationships and family is about walking together in the same direction. Amazing things begin to happen when we get on the same page and we work together instead of working against each other. Psalm 133 talks about unity, talks about harmony. How wonderful, how pleasant it is when brothers, or you can insert a family, a husband and wife, live together in harmony. Verse 2, he says, you know what? Harmony is a precious, as precious as the anointing oil. And then verse 3, it says, harmony is refreshing. Not only is it precious, but it refreshes things. And then the last part of verse 3 says, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Where there's unity, where you're walking together, the Lord has commanded his blessing. How many want the blessing of God? You desire the blessings of God. It has been said, the journey develops the dream. The journey develops the dream. Today, we're going to talk about walking together. Walking together to develop our Dream. The goal is walking together in the same direction. Our first point is a decision. A decision. The Hebrew concept uh, coming from Amos 3 is this idea that it carries that it is to be deliberate. It's a decision that needs to be deliberate. We take And we make a decision that is saying, this is the direction that we are going to go. We are deliberate in making a decision in the direction that we're going. A decision to plan for us to be successful. For us to have healthy relationships. And for us to be able to have healthy relationships, it doesn't just happen by chance. It's something that is forged. It's a way. It's a pathway. And we have a plan, and we are deliberate about the decisions that we're making, and it's decisions that we're making over and over again. And as a couple, we have to make decisions within our lives. First of all, we need to be making decisions to be healthy. We need to be making healthy decisions In three different ways, we're making healthy decisions. We're being uh, physically, we're making decisions as to how we can live a healthy physical life, whether it's it's going to the gym, whether it's uh, walking, jogging, eating the way that we should be eating. Those are decisions that we make for ourselves and for our family. We also are making decisions to be healthy emotionally. 
We have to make sure that we're taking time for ourselves. As moms, so many times we're doing for our kids, we're doing for our spouse, and we forget and neglect to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. We need to be encouraging one another. We can't keep going and and be healthy emotionally if we're not encouraging one another. And we're taking time uh, to make sure that we are um, acknowledging each other's feelings and acknowledging our own feelings as we move through life. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down and an encouraging word cheers a person up. The word says we need those encouraging words. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. It's so important. And then we also need to be healthy spiritually. We need to make sure that we're making a decision to be in church, to pray together, to read the word together. As a couple, we need to do uh, we, we need to make a decision to take time and sit down. We need to sit down together. We have to have time to sit down. And while we're doing that, it's not something that just happens. We have to set aside this time. We can talk about it, and so many times we'll say, you know, we need to do this, and, and in passing, we have a conversation of this is what we want to do, but we got to get it on the calendar. We have to really do it. We have to take time for us to be able to dream together and come up with things and a plan that we're going to pursue. We have to put away distractions. Because we know in the busy lives that we lead, there are so many things that can get in the way. Our phones, the TV, just the noises of life. We have to take and set those aside and put away the distractions. We have to set parameters with our children. We make a decision that we're not going to allow our children to run the marriage, to run the family. It's a decision that you make. We have to have zones. We have to have off-limit zones within our families, and we make decisions as, as they're growing. Our kids knew if they came to our door and it was shut, they didn't walk through it. Hubba bubba. They had to knock. And you know they don't always listen, but they learn really quick. Many scars, I'm sorry. They might have a few scars. We warned them. But we have to have time for us to spend together. And part of setting those, those parameters with our children is we have to create time to be able to spend together. Our children needed to know that we were going to spend time together without them. And that was healthy. And that's what a healthy relationship does. Turn that off. Because ultimately we knew we were raising husbands and wives. We wanted them to go into their relationships knowing what a healthy marriage needed to look like. And so we had to be deliberate in setting those things up. We also had to have a time to come aside. A time to come aside and plan and dream together and create vision and and create room for us to have growth together. 
It was really important because if we don't have a vision, then we don't have a direction that we're heading. And then you're just kind of frivolously walking. We have to be able to walk together towards a common vision. We're going to cast that vision into our family. We're going to speak it into our lives. We're going to remind our children and ourselves, this is the direction that we're headed. This is what we're striving for. This is the family that we are, that we are going to be. We need to know that that vision defines where we're headed. Vision keeps us moving in the right direction. Vision keeps us focused. We have to have vision for our family. You need to have a model of what is it that you want it to look like? Where is it that you are aiming to be? So when you get there, you know that you've accomplished or you know the direction where you're going. Also, we need to have vision for our careers. And I say that to say you need to include your family in those decisions. Otherwise, you're going to be planning for your career. And if that's not something that you uh, include your family in on, you're going to be going in a direction and all of a sudden your career has taken the place of what sh- where your family should be. So include the family in those dreams and in those decision-making times. Then number two, we have to set goals. We have to set goals for our marriage, for our family, and for our spiritual lives. We need to think, where are we going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? We're going to then set perimeters. This is the how-tos. How are we going to get there? These define the roads that we're going to say. We'll go down this road. We won't go down this road. So we need to have those discussions before we get to the crossroad. So we already know which way we're going if we have those conversations ahead of time. And the fourth thing is we have objectives. Our objectives are the practical steps that we're taking to get us where we're going, what we're doing, and the actions that we're taking on our journey. Because remember, the journey develops the dream. Remember, Amos says, how can two walk together unless they first come into agreement? We're talking about making a decision to come into agreement as to where and what your family is going to look like and where you're headed, which brings us to our second point, which is simply that agreement. You come into agreement, write this under A, come into agreement with God's word. This is so important. We have to come into agreement with what God says about who we are about what God says about what we are and how our families should be. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What does God's word say about what you're facing? What does God's word say about how you're living? What does God's word say about the attitudes and the different frictions you're walking and experiencing In Proverbs, the writer is talking about coming into agreement with godly words of your parents. Proverbs chapter 6, listen to verse 20 through 23. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. Keep their words always in your heart 
Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. So notice this, God's word and the godly principles, which, we, which have been passed down to you from the previous generation, should be the parameters you live your life and design your family around. See, the word of God should be your end all book. The word of God should be the final authority in your life. See, emotions are very deceptive. Emotions and feelings can be very wrong. What does God's word say? We live in a culture, we live in a society where everything is governed by how we feel in the moment, what our emotions are. So if I feel this way, then I'm going to act this way because it's my right to do. So when your emotions are your final end all, then it's like a roller coaster. When you get to that crossroad, you won't know what to do. You'll just simply do what you feel like in the moment. But when the word of God is the final end in your life, then you go to the Lord and the Holy Spirit begins to work and move in your life. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal the plan and purposes of God. The question should arise, what does God's word say? Something happens when we come into agreement with God's promises. Something happens when we come into agreement with God's commands and God's word. Isaiah 40 verse 8. Isaiah writes this, the grass withers and the flower fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Emotions are going to change. Things around you are going to shift. Things tomorrow will look different. But guess what will never look different? The word of the living God. Things will change. Feelings will come and go. But the word of God will stand forever. Come into agreement with God's word. Ephesians chapter 5. Turn there because this is so important. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the second part of verse 25, and then verse 26. Underline this in your Bible. It says, Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Notice, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Come into agreement with God's word because God's word has a washing effect, a cleansing effect, a sanctifying effect. Sometimes your attitude stinks. <laughs> but then you spend some time with God and guess what? That word begins to wash that attitude, amen? That word begins to wash that perspective. See, sometimes uh, our, our, our eyes are deceptive and what, what is good we call bad and what is bad we call good, but, but what's gonna wash that perspective is thus saith the Lord. Let the word of God wash you. It's so important. It's so imperative. Write this under B. Come into agreement with each other. Amos says, how can two walk together? Let's say first come together, have a meeting. Let's say come together and plan. Let's say come together and say, we agree. Come into agreement with the direction of your family. 
agreement with the state of affairs, where you're at. If things are not very well, acknowledge it, but then work a plan of how to make it better. Come into agreement with goals. Which brings us to our third point. There's no way you can come together and walk together unless you talk about it. Amen? You gotta have a conversation. So let's talk about communication for a few moments. Now, communication is not just talking. It is so much more than just talking for the sake of talking. And communication is not just listening either. Some people only listen and never express how they feel. Some people never express how they feel or what they think. They just passively listen and never genuinely respond. I was reading an article the other day and the author said this. So what is communication? Question mark. Communication is the sharing of meaning. A husband and wife have not communicated until the meaning has been shared. What you meant to say and what you mean to say. A husband and wife, one sends a certain message and the other understands that message the author says, that is communication. Now, communication experts point out that when you talk, when you have conversation with another person, there are actually six messages that can come through. Six different messages. The first is this, what you mean to say. What, the second is what you actually say. The third is what the other person hears. The fourth is what the other person thinks he or she hears. The fifth is what the other person says about what you said. And the sixth is what you think the other person said about what you said. Communication is difficult. Communication, you have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate. So write this under A, communicate proactively. Christy talked about the crossroads. Talk about crossroads before you get there. So when you get there and your emotions are low, your feelings are low, you won't make wrong decisions. Communicate, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna be. Communicate proactively. Talk about what is ahead. Be proactive with situations before they arrive. Why? Because this helps us become less reactive. Now, all of us know that when we are reactive, we often act in ways that are not becoming. It's not very pretty when we react. But when you communicate proactively, then you take away the chance or you make it lower to be reactive. Because when we are reactive, we often say and overreact or say too much. Another thing, write this, communicate with truth. Notice in the word of God talks about grace and truth. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Speaking the truth in love. The Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Notice there is a balance. Truth without grace is mean. Did you hear me? Truth without grace is mean, and grace without truth is meaningless. You have to have both in order to grow in your marriage relationships. 
Speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16 says, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Do you see what happens when we speak truth in love and grace? We become more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Notice what happens when we have healthy communication. Notice what happens when we communicate proactively and we communicate uh, with truth. Notice what happens. He causes the whole body to fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Christy helps me grow when she speaks truth in love. I help Christy grow when we speak truth in love. We helped our children grow and become the, the men and women they are today when we spoke the truth in love to them. Now notice the last part. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. Give permission for your spouse to speak openly and honestly to you. Oftentimes, when a spouse does try and speak openly and honestly, the reaction that we give is one of retaliation. And it is kind of that natural thing because, you know, when someone's speaking to us and it's something that we don't want to hear and, it, and it, it's critical, it might be truthful, but we automatically throw up walls of defense. And we need to realize that when we retaliate, whether it's through silence or anger or hurtful words, that it actually tells our spouse that if you're going to be honest and open with me, it's going to come with a really hefty price tag. And we start to not have that communication and that relationship, but we start to see a barrier that is put between the two of us one that is going to keep us from being able to reach the destination that we want to be able to have. C, barriers to communication. There are barriers that affect our communication. Mind reading, sandbagging, interrupting, timing, making assumptions, always having to be right, always having to agree, leaving abruptly, whether that's physical or emotionally. And we need to realize those barriers are going to keep us from where we want to go. So what do we do? How do we have healthy practices? How do we, how do we have healthy lines of communication? The first thing we need to do is we need to listen well. It is so important for us to listen well. In James, the first chapter, verse 19, it says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you may be, uh, you must, I'm sorry, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 
We, it's so easy for us to get in our defensive mode, and, and we can't allow that to happen. The Word tells us it's important for us to be quick to listen. That's what we need to be doing first and foremost. Whether it's in our marriage, whether it's at work with a coworker, with our boss, an employee, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. There are, are different ones that, that have studied communication. And one of the things that um, experts have found in studies is when you are trying to communicate with someone, and, and really all of us want to have a deep connection. We want to have a connection with, that, that goes deeper than just superficial conversation. And so what they found was, and I take this back to cell phones, Because what they found in this study was just the fact that there was a cell phone sitting between the two having a conversation, the conversation stayed safe so that if they got interrupted, it wouldn't matter. The conversations would not go deeper, and they weren't having those deep, truthful conversations when they knew that that possibility of being interrupted was there. We need to go beyond those superficial uh, conversations and get deep. We need that connection. We need to be uplifting to each other, secondly. We need to be encouraging each other and having those uh, uplifting conversations. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that the words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. The message says it this way. Watch the way that you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what, is, only what helps, each word a gift. When we think about that, each word a gift, what am I giving my spouse? What am I giving my children? The third thing. We need to forgive often. Forgive often. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We need to make sure that we are forgiving often. It needs to be a habit for us to forgive often. Even when you feel, you know what? I'm justified. They did me wrong. I I have every right. I'm telling you, if you have that as a habit and a practice to forgive often, you're going to find that you are a free and happy person. Forgive quickly. Don't nurse the offense and ask the Lord to help you to be able to do it. Amos says, how can two walk together unless they come into agreement? Agreeing on the direction. Life is not meant to be a tug of war with your family. Life is not meant to be a tug of war with your spouse and your children. Life is not meant to be a tug of war with others. By the help and grace of God, we can come into agreements. We can make a decision 
that we're going to plan what our life is going to look like. We're going to plan what our marriage, what our family is going to look like. So when unexpected things happen or our emotions are low and our feelings are a low point, we won't make bad decisions. We'll do what God's word says. Has life become a tug of war for you? As a family, let us make a decision to get on the same page. Let's come into agreement with God's word. What does God's word say about how I'm feeling? What does God's word say about the decisions I need to make? What does God's word say? Let's come into agreement with each other. It's amazing what happens when we live in harmony, not only with family members, but with co-workers. It's amazing. God says, I've, I've commanded my blessing there. <laughs> the blessing of God will be upon us when we decide that we're going to learn to agree together and come underneath God's word. Ask God to help you communicate in healthy ways. And remember, the journey develops the dream. Let us pray. Father, sometimes when we begin to talk about family, sometimes when we begin to talk about marriage, for so many people, there are so many different emotions. And sometimes, Lord, the enemy uses guilt tries to condemn us because we haven't had the perfect family or the perfect marriage. And Lord, I pray today that we'll take away the sting of the enemy right now. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, no matter what yesterday brought, today is a brand new day. Today we're going to choose Today, we're going to choose to be healthy. Today, we're going to choose to live and to walk according to your principles and your way. Now, Lord, as we move to the conclusion of today's service, move upon us as a family. Lord, so often what we miss in our earthly families, Lord, you can make up within the family of Christ within the church, within the body of Christ. Lord, what often we've missed growing up in our families or we've missed in situations beyond our control. Lord, you, you use the body of Christ to begin to minister and to make up things that, that we haven't had. So I pray that we'll see today as a, 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 a day of resourcefulness, a day, Lord, where you commanded your blessing because as a family, a spiritual family, we come together in agreement to walk in the ways of God and the blessings of the Lord will begin to flow. Lord, help us.